Good morning. Good morning. My name's Mike. If it's your first time here, rest assured, I am not the normal guy. Tim is the normal guy. He went on a retreat with campus this weekend. They went to Gatlinburg. I hear good things. Okay, we're starting a new sermon series today. We just got done with It's All in Your Head. We looked at our thoughts. For the first part of this year, we were looking at our thoughts and how they direct our life. And that's so true. What happens up here? (laughs) You just figured it out. What happens up here? (laughs) What happens in our brain guides our entire life. Would you guys agree with that? I agree with that. Today, we're starting a new sermon series called It's For You. Now, Tim asked me to do this first lesson because he was going to be in Gatlinburg. He was like, I'm going to be tired, and I understand that. So I'm trying to figure out, we're talking about hearing from God, and I could not think of a title for anything. And I'm sitting on my couch watching television while I'm trying to think because that's, you know, no distractions at all. And uh, a Sprint commercial comes on, and it's the old Verizon guy. And he doesn't say it anymore, but he used to say, can you hear me now? Can you hear him now? God wants to talk to you. So can you hear God? And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's really hard sometimes to hear from God. But we all have one of these, right? If your phone was to ring right now, would you pick it up? If your phone was to ring right... I don't know if you can hear that. If your phone was to ring right now, would you pick it up? I just, it went to voicemail. What do you think? Would you, hey, what's going on? Right here in the middle of the service. It, it kind of depends on who it is, right? Like, I don't need to talk to Pat right now. Right? I'll call you back. Okay. When my wife calls, though, I'm going to pick up. Her theme is Wonder Woman. Yeah, her theme is Wonder Woman. It's fine. When when my wife calls, I'm going to pick up, right? There was a time uh, at the end of last year, my parents were going through health problems. And it didn't matter what was going on if... I saw one of my parents was calling, I'd be like, excuse me, I need to go take a phone call. It happened in the middle of cross chat one Tuesday night. I'm doing the lesson at cross chat. We're talking about Jesus and I'm reading the notes off my phone that I have written down and all of a sudden starts ringing and it's my dad and I'm mid sentence and I go, I guys, I got to step out for a second. I stepped out because my dad was trying to get a hold of me and I didn't know what was going to be happening. I didn't know who was going in the hospital or who was having heart problems again or who needed me to drop everything and come get them. Because that happened. That happened last year. I had to drop everything at work and take my mom to the hospital because she was having heart issues. Thank God they put a pacemaker in and we're pretty much done with that. But if your phone rang right now, it would matter who was calling. Can I tell you, God is calling right now, all of us. He is calling you. He wants to talk to you. When I saw this uh, image 
that, that Tim made, and it's amazing. I love it. I can't, I, I took Photoshop classes and I can touch up faces, but I can't make things like this. It's great. It made me think of that new TV show, God Friended Me. I haven't watched a single episode of it. It remi- reminds me of the early edition, if anybody watched that show back in the day. But the idea that God is trying to get a hold of us, that's the whole premise of the show, is that God's trying to get a hold of this guy. And this morning, God is trying to get a hold of you. On your notes, in your bulletin, if you want to follow along, I have some notes and there's Scripture in there. It'll also be on the screen. In Deuteronomy 32, verse 1, God speaks and He says, Listen, O heavens, and I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words that I say. We're going to look today at, at a, a character in the Bible. His name's Samuel. And God spoke to him, just like he wants to speak to you. Well, maybe not exactly like he wants to speak to you, but God wants to speak to you, and God spoke to Samuel. And I don't know if you know the story of Samuel, but here's a little backstory. His mom, her name is Hannah. She could not have kids. She was the second wife of a man, and the first wife, her sister wife, whatever you want to call her, would just rag on her that she could not have children, that this other woman was producing all the heirs for this man. And Hannah would go to the temple and she would pray. And at one point she's praying and sobbing so much that Eli, the high priest, thinks she's drunk. I have never prayed and made it look like I was drunk. So this woman is praying like so hard. She's so in turmoil because she wants a child. And Eli says, go away, you're drunk. And she's like, no, I'm trying, I'm pleading with the Lord. And Eli says, whatever you ask for will be given to you. And the next year, she comes back with a son. And she had promised that her firstborn would be devoted to God. And after she raised him, he lived at the temple with the priest Eli. If you pick up in, in chapter 3, some other stuff happens. Uh, Eli's sons were horrible, blasphemous. They did not do what God wanted. But we're, I'm going to read to you guys 1 Samuel chapter 3. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that it was the Lord calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times. 
Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What is it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. God desired to speak with Samuel. And it took Samuel a little bit to get it, right? I mean, can you just imagine that night? How many of you have had your children just keep coming into your room while you're asleep? I once punched my daughter in the face. (laughs) True story. She came at our old house. The way our bed was set up is that I slept next to the window. And to get to my side of the bed, you had to walk all the way around our room. And since I'm next to the window, I'm really close to the wall. And one evening, really late, whatever you want to call it, it's middle of the night. Instead of coming and talking to her mother and waking her mother up, she went all the way around our bed and got this close to my face. And was like, Daddy, 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 until I woke up. And she's right there. I'm like, ah! And I punched the wall next to her head. She was only like two. It was right after she went to her big girl bed. Scared the mess out of her. And I'm sitting there like freaking out. And Cassie's like, what did you do? What did I do? Tiny Satan here wants a glass of water. But can you imagine Eli, at least the second time, more than likely the third time, is like, oh my gosh, kid, just stay in bed. It's not me, you're dreaming. True story, the other night, Friday night, we get home late from a wedding, I have to be up in the morning for work, Cassie's going to watch a movie, which is normally fine, I just bury my head in the pillow, I'm half asleep, I start dreaming that I have to plug something into the outlet. And I'm sure Eli's thinking Samuel's just dreaming that he's hearing voices. I unplugged my phone to plug something in in my sleep. And Cassie's like, what are you doing? And right then I woke up. I'm like, oh, crap, nothing. I just went back to sleep. Eli's probably thinking, this kid's dreaming. This, is, this isn't really happening. But then for the third time, he's like, oh, we live in the temple. It's probably God, you know. But even the scripture said God talking to people was rare at the time. God wants to speak to us. 
God wanted to speak to Samuel. He wants to speak to you. So today, first, I want to talk about why does God want to speak to us? Why would he want to? And there's four things that I thought of. There's more than four, more than four, but there's four reasons that my maker wants to speak to me. Number one, my maker wants to be close to me. Isaiah 41.5 says, All you faraway places, all you places far away on earth, come close and listen to me. If you look in, that, uh, in chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, the third time Eli tells him to go lay down, he says, it gives him directions on what to talk to God. It says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And when he heard God, God was standing there. It wasn't just some voice. It wasn't just God from heaven talking to him. God was standing there close to Samuel talking to him. God wants to be close to us. God wants to be close to you. One of the beautiful things about Christianity, if not the most beautiful thing about Christianity, is that God does not live up on some high mountain that you have to go to to be with Him. There is no temple that you have to climb a hill to commune with God at. There's no pyramid there's no ziggurat there's no mountain that you have to climb to be with god god came down to be with you he came in the muck and the mire and lived among us and showed us how to live here on earth and he lived with us and then when jesus ascended heaven he sent his spirit to live in us God wants to be close to you. He didn't want sin separating us. Like Mike said in in communion, He took care of your biggest problem separating you from God. Because He wants to be close to you. Second thing, my Maker wants to protect me. Proverbs one thirty three. But those who listen to me will live in safety and be at peace without fear of injury. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Practically, think about, for me, it's my dad. Think about the parent that you got in trouble with the most. Okay? For doing stupid stuff. We all did it. Whether it was, we want to put the trampoline next to the pool, or we want to jump off the roof, or we want to have a BB gun war with real BB guns, not airsoft guns, or we want to have a candle, uh, Roman candle war, or a bottle rocket war, or we want to put M90s in the birdbath, or, I, I mean, I'm speaking just for me. And your parent, whichever one it was, it was usually my dad, I got upside the back of the head, and no! Stop me from doing stupid stuff, right? Listen to God and do what He says and you'll be safe and live at peace. God's so much smarter than us. And when we were younger, whether we like to admit it or not, our parents were smarter than us. I really hope my parents aren't listening to this. (laughs) They want to keep us safe. And God is a good Father. God loves you. He desires a relationship with you. He wants to be close to you. Third thing. 
My maker wants to inform me. I teach, not just me, my wife, I should say my wife teaches our daughters. She teaches them the correct things. They learn from daddy of what not to do. Let's just be real. But God wants to teach us just like we want to teach our children or your parents want to teach you. There are scriptures in the Bible that I feel that I'm wearing out. And anybody who teaches probably feels the same thing about certain scriptures. This this next scripture on your note is one of those scriptures. And I'm going to keep using it until the ink fades out of my Bible. Because it is so important that we understand this. It's Psalms 119, 105. It says, Your word is like a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. At least, well, once a year for CrossChat, we do a, a lesson where we blindfold people. And we set up an obstacle course, usually in my house. And we have them try to navigate my house blindfolded. This year it was really awesome because we had just moved into our new house. And even I didn't know how to navigate my new house blindfolded yet. So the teens had no cho- no chance. And, and they'd stumble and they'd trip and they'd bang their shins and they'd run into walls because there was one person trying to guide them. And everybody else is yelling the wrong direction. We made sure that the stairs were covered up so nobody fell down the stairs. But it's really, and then I talk about this passage with them, that God's word is going to light your path up. He's going to guide you in your life. And he wants to. He wants to guide us. He doesn't want to see us hurt. He doesn't want to see our hearts broken. He doesn't want to see us go to hell. He wants us to live with Him. And if He gave us His Scripture to live that life, He wanted to inform us on how to live it. And then when the commandments and the law weren't enough, He sent His Son to show us. I don't know how many of you guys can read something and get it. Eventually I can do that, but if somebody shows me how to do it once, I can do it. I work in a steel shop, and my, my supervisor when I started gave me some notes on how to figure out bend radiuses and setbacks and bending forces and all this stuff. And everybody just glossed over in the, in the shop except maybe a few people, Dave. But then he showed me, okay, in your machine, you hit edit and then you set your RAM to as hard as it can go because we're not worried about that yet. And then you take your outside dimension of your flange and you subtract off half a setback. Here's your chart, how to figure that out. And then you bring it up to the angle you want and your dimension will be perfect. And again, you all glazed over, but I was like, holy cow, I know how to do this now. Because he showed me. Jesus showed us how to live a life. He informed us how to live a life that honors God. Fourth thing, my maker wants to encourage me. Psalms 119, 114 says, You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my only source of hope. God wants to speak to you to tell you that He loves you. He pursues you. He desires that relationship with you. He wants to call you His son and His daughter. I don't know about you, but that is so encouraging to me. There are a few things that I remember my parents telling me growing up, 
But I remember when I was about 15, my dad pulling me aside before I went on a trip and he told me, you are a man now. You are more of a man than I am. I remember that conversation. I remember the feeling of his hand on my shoulder. Because I was about to go backpacking through northern New Mexico for two weeks and they had to sign waivers saying that they understood if I got hurt, I was three days away from a helicopter lift. It was an awesome experience. Can I tell you, I barely remember the hike. I remember getting up early and watching the sunrise on the tooth of time. I remember getting drenched. But the thing I remember most about that trip is Dad sending me off like that. God wants to encourage you like that. Working with teens and used to work with college students, you can tell the people who have been abused because they don't believe this. People and the world have broken them and they no longer believe that God is good, that God is our Heavenly Father because something scarred them. God is speaking. If you're one of those people right now, God wants to work in your heart and heal you. He wants to make you His son or His daughter. He wants to love you like a good father should. And He wants to encourage you today. God wants to do all that, but we can still miss God's call. Like a phone ringing. I have a habit of leaving my phone on silent. And I turned my phone on silent after I had those two, three phone calls. And my phone is flashing, telling me there's messages because some more of you have called me. I have a habit of leaving it on silent. When I get home from work, I have a routine. I no longer get changed in our bedroom because I used to track steel shards through our house. We have a new house. We have a mudroom. I change in the mudroom. It's great. Make sure the girls are doing their homework. I go get a shower. After I get a shower, I come out. I start making dinner. My phone's on silent this whole time. I usually lose track of time somewhere in there. And I'm making dinner. And I'll be like, I wonder where Cassie's at. Oh, crap, my phone. And I'll go get my phone. And I'll have like eight missed calls and three voicemails. Where are you? Did you get the girls? Was it my turn? And, and I'm, it's frustrating for her because I have missed her call. I don't want to miss God's call. And there's some steps that I can take to make sure I don't miss God's call. And there's some steps you can take. Number one, if I don't want to miss God's call, I need to move closer to God. When I, like I said, I work in a steel shop, heavy machinery, it's loud. When I get home and we're having a conversation, Cassie likes to turn her head while she's talking to me. She'll be talking like this and then, did you get that? I can't hear you. Face me. Or our old house, it's still for sale by the way, right down here. It's, it's smaller than our new house, significantly. And it used to be, if I was in the kitchen or the living room and she was in our bedroom, she could talk to me. Because we're close, right? Really close. In our new house, she'll be in our bathroom, in our bedroom, and I'll be in the kitchen, and she'll be trying to talk to me. It's literally three of our old houses away. Or two, if you overlap them. I can't hear her. You know what I have to do to hear her? I have to go to her. I have to get close to her. 
If I want to hear my wife, I need to be close to her. If you want to hear from God, you need to be close to him. First Samuel 3, 3 said the lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. He wasn't just sleeping in or around the temple. He was near the ark. He was as close to it, I'm guessing because they mention it, as he could be. He was as close to God as he could be. It's so much easier to hear from him when you're close to him, right? Do you speak to God outside of this building? Do you move close to God when you're not here? And if you do, is he a 911 call? Or is he just an everyday, I want to catch up call? Back in high school, Cassie and I would talk on the phone. By the way, I hate talking on the phone. I love that they invented text message. But Cassie and I would talk on the phone for like 45 minutes while we were doing homework. My phone would be covered in sweat. It was gross. But I knew if I wanted to be close to my girlfriend, that was something I had to do, right? Because she needed to talk. We would also write letters to each other in high school because, you know, high school, we're stupid. We don't understand. And we would write letters all day long, even though we talked every passing period or as often as we could. And we would write these letters. Can I tell you, I used to still have some of these letters because they were precious to me because I, I was close to Cassie. I am a lot closer to Cassie now, but I was close to Cassie and I'd saved those letters and I put them in my wallet and I carried them with me for a long time. And the only reason I don't have them now is my wallet got stolen. And the only thing that I was worried about in that wallet was those letters. I don't have them anymore. God is not distant from us. You don't have to call him on long distance. You don't have to write an email. You can talk to him. You can talk to him right now. He is close and near to you. Just like he was for Samuel. He was standing right there. He wants you to move closer to him. I I tell the teens all the time, he's the worst hide-and-go-seek player ever. Ever. When I was little, my mom likes to tell the story, now I do too, that we would play hide-and-go-seek, and she would start counting, and then when she stopped counting, I'd be standing there like this. (laughs) Thinking I was hiding from her. God is like that. He doesn't hide. He doesn't hide from you. All you got to do is turn around and here I am. You found me. You just got to move closer to him. That's the first thing I can do to make sure I don't miss God's call. The second thing I can do, I can look into God's word. Like those letters that Cassie and I wrote each other. God wrote you something. There's a big old book called the Bible. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 21, it says, The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there He revealed Himself to Samuel through His Word. Matthew 4, 4 says, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
If you are not already reading what God has already spoken, it is going to be very hard, if not impossible, to hear what He has to say to you. Because a lot of the things that we struggle with, He's already spoken on. And He wrote it down so we can find it. I have problems when I listen to podcasts forgetting which podcast it was I was listening to because I didn't take notes. God subtitled all the podcasts and put them in book form. That He did. Cassie and I were discussing her lesson for the ladies' retreat. And um, we both agree that whether it's the ladies' retreat, the men's retreat, camp, a sermon, it doesn't matter what lesson you're listening to. In it, you're going to hear a couple of points. You need to spend time with Christians. You need to spend time praying to God. And you need to spend time in God's Word. I'm not belittling any of that. But why do we always have to keep repeating this? Every lesson. Nearly every lesson. You're going to hear somebody say, you need to spend time in God's Word. Why? Because it's that important. It is that important to spend time in God's Word. You need to let God's Word change you too. It's different than just reading it and having a small group about it and, and praying about it than actually doing it. You guys have probably heard the story of, uh, it's not real, thank God. But a couple was leaving town and they had, they had a guy watch their house and they left detailed instructions on how to watch the house. You need to make sure you feed and water the dog and the cat. Make sure they go outside. Feed or water the plants. Don't feed the plants. Water the plants. Do the dishes. Take the trash out. Make sure it sets up the side of the yard or side of the street, whatever night. And they go for they're gone for a month. And they come back and the, there's burial sites in the back from when the dog or the cat died. There's these shriveled up brown things that used to be plants and there's piles of garbage everywhere and they're like what did you do oh we had your notes and it's all like laminated and gold leafed and it's beautiful and we read them every day and and we we had people over and we talked about them and we read them and we had songs about them and it was great but they didn't do anything with it that's what we do with the bible One, either we don't read it, or two, we're reading it and we're not letting it change us. Can I tell you, when I got serious about spending time in God's Word, my eyes were open to a bunch of things in my own life and in my family that I either needed to work on or change. And I think that's the reason we don't really like reading the Bible. It's like James says, it's a mirror. In high school, I used to get up and not brush my hair. Uh, I would put, I, I would walk out the door in my pajamas. Cassie's shaking her head in disgust right now. I didn't care <laughs> what I looked like. James says, reading the scripture and not doing anything about it is like a man who looks in the mirror, sees all the gunk in his teeth and the disheveled hair, and I'm like, oh, I look great, and walks out the door. Or we can be somebody who looks intently into the mirror and sees what needs to change and adjust accordingly. So if we want to not miss God's call, we need to spend time in His Word. A third step I can take, if I don't want to miss God's call, is I can listen to other believers. I can listen to other believers. 
First Samuel three, four through 11 says, then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up, went back to Eli. Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling up as at the other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. God does not want you to walk your Christian life alone. He never designed it that way. He gave us His church and He gave us this church. He gave us brothers and sisters. And I am better. I'm a better person because people have spoken into my life. My Christian brothers and my Christian sisters have spoken into my life and pointed out things in my life that needed to change. Cassie and I speak into each other's lives. But sometimes we can't hear what the other person is saying. You're all about to shake your head. Oh, yeah. Because I'll come home from spending time with the guys, like whether I'm with Alan or Gary or Tim or Billy or Pat or Mike or fill in guy's name here. And I'll come home and be like, hey, so they suggested this idea. And Cassie will be mad at me, angry, furious. And she'll be like, Last week, Wednesday, 6.37 p.m., I said the exact same thing, the exact same words, the exact same phrase, the exact same tone, the exact same inflection. I said it! No, you didn't. <laughs> yes, I did. Well, I, I, I didn't hear it. We need people to speak into our lives because we just don't hear people sometimes. And it's not because she turned her head away from me that time. And she was talking to me face to face. I was right there. I just didn't hear it. It goes the other way too. It just doesn't happen very often. When it does, it is sweet. <laughs> Samuel had somebody to speak into his life. He had Eli. David had speak, people to speak into his life. First he had Jonathan. Then he had his mighty men. Paul, the Apostle Paul had people that spoke into his life. He had a ton of people. I'm not even going to name them all. There was a lot. Jesus had the three out of the twelve. Every man and woman of God in Scripture had people around them. They weren't by themselves. Who walks with you? Who's walking alongside of you? I have a challenge for you guys. It's two parts. Number one, find someone who is a little further down 
the road than you are. Or at least right next to you. Because I know some of you, you are the farthest one down the road. We all look to you for wisdom. Find somebody who can walk alongside you or just a little bit further down the road than you. Allow them to speak into your life. I have that. There's, there's a handful of men in this room and some women who speak into my life. I would not be who I am today without that wisdom. And I can learn from both their successes and their mistakes. Part two of that challenge. Find somebody who's behind you on that path. Find somebody who's a little further back. Somebody that you can speak into their life and allow them to learn from your mistakes and your successes. In years past at camp, in the high school boys' cabin, we would tell stories. Now, usually they're just funny stories, but one night a week, my I have this little lantern, and it's usually white, but I can press a button and it turns red. Yeah. One night, usually, there's a Mike D and a Michael night. It's not just me. And we tell stories of our past. We don't tell them to glorify our sinful days. We don't tell them to glorify ourselves. And if you ever sat in some of those stories, you will obviously know that there is no glory in what we say. But we are very open about what we've done in the past. Now, we always tell it in a humorous light, but we always make sure that it shows how empty and how painful a sinful life can be. And we do that so that hopefully, through these stories of stupidity and horrible decisions, these young men will not repeat our mistakes. So, if you ever hear somebody say, I almost Mike deed myself, you now know where that came from. And the people laughing know what I'm talking about. My fourth step, my fourth step that I can take is I need to clear my mind so I can hear the call. I need to clear my mind so I can hear the call. I get very distracted, and I need to clear my mind. 1 Samuel 3, 7, So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. There are so many distractions in our life. So many distractions. They'll drown God's voice out. Whether it's the TV or the, the toys or the cars or the job or you can put anything in that place as a distraction and it will drown God's voice out. I am very visual. If something shiny drives by, I have a hard time not staring at it. Ambulances going past, cars driving in the parking lot, people standing up, something reflecting from the light in my hand. I, I've told you guys before about ADHLAS. I have this problem. I normally don't bring my laptop. I normally don't use my laptop. I did it on purpose because my laptop is bedazzled. I have stickers. I'm weird. Steel City, ACB, Bob Ross. I have stickers. I did it on purpose because if I was sitting where you guys are, I would be distracted by this. And I'm making a point because I brought it. This would distract me. 
I've had to learn to overcome distractions. I've had to learn to avoid staring at something and ignoring what I'm listening to. I've had to learn to hear God. Sometimes the distraction is I'm tired. This weekend has been crazy. And I'm not the only one, I know that. But in the last three weeks, Cassie and I have gone to four weddings. Our last one was Friday night. By the way, Cassie and James got married. Cassie was out here. But they got married last Friday. Not this past Friday, but the Friday before. They were number two. You guys were number two. I had to drive the least to go to your wedding. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> but we that's a lot of weddings in the span of three weeks. Friday night was our last one. It was in Arnold at 6 p.m. on a Friday. I got off at 3, took the girls to Jim and Suzanne's house, came home, showered, got dressed. We got in the truck. I was totally expecting to get stuck in traffic. We didn't. It was great. Went to the wedding, did the wedding thing, went to the reception, danced, hurt my back, you know. Um, it was great. We were having fun. Realized, oh, it's 11 o'clock. I have to work in the morning. We need to go. Got home, went to bed at 12.15, got up at 5.30, went to work, worked for a couple of hours, went and got our taxes done, had breakfast with Cassie, picked up the girls, went home, took a coma, then got up, came here. We had a Nerf war with the high schoolers and the junior hires. It was a blast. I went grocery shopping while they went to a birthday party. We met back at Jim and Suzanne's for dinner. About 7.30, I said, I got to go home. Did you notice in there, I took a coma. I didn't take a nap. I took a coma. Sometimes the most godly thing, and this was told to me by a very wise man, the most godly thing you can do is take a nap. Because you're tired. It's a distraction. You're not going to hear God. I don't hear my children. I don't hear Cassie when I'm tired. When I'm tired, I am grumpy. I am easily angered. I... I don't think straight. I can't focus. Literally, my eyes will not focus if I'm too tired, even with glasses. I'm, it's where I'm at. Sometimes the most godly thing I can do is take a nap. In fact, this afternoon, I'll probably siesta a little bit before we have to start running again. What is stealing your focus from God? We all have something. We all have something that's going to steal our focus. We all have something that's going to distract us. We need to learn how to clear our minds of distractions so we can hear God because God wants to speak to everybody here. God wants everybody here to be informed and encouraged. He wants to know that He, He wants you to know that He is close. You see, He sent His Spirit to us to live inside of us, to live among us, to guide us. And we can hear Him. As Christians, we get this gift. God living in us. Guiding our steps. As long as we walk with Him. It's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing gift that we get as Christians. So what's distracting you from hearing the Holy Spirit? From hearing God's movement? If you're not a Christian here, you don't have that gift but you can receive that gift. There are people here who love God and love you, even though they've never met you. 
because they love God. And they would love to open up God's Word and share with you how you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, how you can become a Christian, how you can be saved, how you can hear from God, and how you can be close to Him and one day live with Him in eternity. And eternity starts now. Really, look at your life. Look at what you can do to hear God better because He's right there. He is standing calling your name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You so much for being near to us. Thank You so much for coming here, guiding us, loving us, pursuing us, calling us Your sons and Your daughters, telling us that we are worthy to be in Your family because of Your Son. Thank You for the way that You have made through His blood and His sacrifice, His life, that we can experience life with You. You are amazing. I pray that everybody here can hear You. Because You're not far from each of them. I pray that they can seek You and find You because You're not far from each of us. Please guide us, Father. I love you. In your name I pray. Amen.